Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on Thursday, November the 18th, 2021. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We've got a big show lined up for you. On this Thursday, we're going to, of course, talk some Alabama football with the Crimson Tide set to host 21st-ranked Arkansas on Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We'll get into some comments made by Nick Saban on Wednesday with an emphasis on his post-practice remarks. We'll do that. We'll also talk some recruiting later in the show. Hank South does an outstanding job, along with Tim Watts, covering recruiting for us there at BOL. We'll have a visit with Hank South with some official visitors set to make their way to West Central Alabama for the weekend. Hank will give us the scoop on that and some other recruiting items of interest as well. So a lot to get into. First, though, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, Home Field Apparel. For the best in UA apparel, go to homefieldapparel.com. Check out the great, great selection, something a couple of Ryer family members have already done, and get yourself equipped with some gear that is both really, really cool and also extremely comfortable. You know, vintage gear is all the rage these days. And they've got you covered with some old school Big Al logos right there at homefieldapparel.com. Black Friday sale is coming up at Home Field Apparel. That is upon us. And you can take advantage by getting 20% off during the duration of the Black Friday sale, which is going to run from Friday, November the 26th to Monday, November the 29th. Regardless, if you're a first-time consumer, you are going to get 15% off their initial off your initial purchases simply by inputting BAMA247 at checkout. Again, a warm welcome to Home Field Apparel and homefieldapparel.com to the BOL podcast. Okay, so Nick Saban on Wednesday, post-practice, an abbreviated appearance before the media via Zoom teleconference, and we got a poor mees from Nick Saban, one of his greatest hits from his news conferences of the past. Not always a good sign for an Alabama team if you're midweek and Nick Saban is hitting the poor mees uh, on his comments there. Uh, obviously not happy with his team's performance during the midweek workout uh, and look, it's been a consistent sort of tug-of-war, hasn't it, to get everyone on the bus this season for Nick Saban and this staff. And some of that frustration, I thought, showed up, not so much in his tone, but again, just the abbreviated nature of the appearance post-practice. And, you know, this is typically a point in the season where Nick Saban doesn't have to be asked about outgoing seniors, but apparently... He can't offer a moment or two of unsolicited reflection because reaching a level of consistency on an extended basis where the overall team dynamic is concerned has been, again, very difficult to achieve. And you hear Nick Saban fresh from the practice field and you think, wow, if some of these guys have poor body language on game days, which I thought we saw some of that even in the New Mexico State game last Saturday. You had some guys down the depth chart, got an opportunity to play. And again, just based on how they were presenting themselves and carrying themselves on the field, you would have thought they were above those reps. 
So if that's the case on game day, if that's truly the case, what must it be like during some Wednesday practices this season? Well, here's what we do know. For the 11th straight season, Alabama heads into late November with its national championship chances intact. And speaking of these final two Saturdays of November, some might argue that the challenge this week will be greater for UA than the one next week when Alabama takes on a Bo Nixless Auburn team down on the plains. As for me, all due respect to the great job done by Sam Pittman at Arkansas in this last near two seasons of work. But I'm not quite ready to go there. Yes, Auburn will be in backup mode, but so was an A&M team playing at home earlier in the season against Alabama. And we all know how that turned out. Bottom line, these next two Saturdays are going to have more to do with Alabama than they will the opponent. And a lot of that's going to have to do with the Alabama offensive line. Something else we heard from Nick Saban about following Wednesday's practice and thought it was interesting that Saban said he feels like with Damian George stepping up his play here in recent weeks the Crimson Tide coaching staff feels as if it has six starters now and that was in that was in answering a question about Damian George and Chris Owens there at right tackle and again based on what we heard from Saban sounds like George might very well be in line for a second straight start at right tackle you know, perhaps Chris Owens will do the same at center again this week, although Saban did say that both Darian Dahlcourt and Javion Cohen, the left guard who missed last Saturday's game against New Mexico State, have both practiced all week. Now, Saban didn't go in detail about the availability of either or both. And look, there's also still the running back position to consider. It's a position we outlined in depth on Tuesday's edition of the Bama online podcast and I think the concerns remain very much the same and Brian Robinson capable of being a workhorse if that's what's required but certainly you would love to see Trey Sanders step it up and become more of that typical number two that we have seen during the Nick Saban era where you know third or fourth series of a game you'll see that number two back and you know scattered throughout the duration of four quarters he's not viewed as a guy that you have to play but you want to play and that should be the situation with Trey Sanders now there's some things in play with Trey that we talked about earlier in the week whether it's mindset confidence uh, those type of things and also his health in general given the severity of the injuries he sustained each of the last two seasons with an emphasis on the car accident a year ago and you know some internal situations that aren't to be discounted at all. So that'll still be one of the more intriguing storylines from Saturday afternoon as well. Not so much if we see Trey Sanders, but the volume of which we see Trey Sanders in the game against the Razorbacks. Now, three matchups for Alabama and Arkansas is dropping later on Thursday on the BamaOnline.com website I'll also have five predictions for Alabama and Arkansas midday, mid-morning on Friday. Now, among those three matchups, a lot of it entailing running backs, running game in general for both teams. Both these teams obviously would like to run the football. Probably more important that Arkansas be able to achieve some semblance of a run game 
Not that Traylon Burks isn't a tremendous option on the outside in terms of K.J. Jefferson having someone to throw the football to, but not the depth of options uh, for Arkansas in that area. Blake Kearns is a solid tight end. Um, you know, there are some other guys that that can do some things uh, as receivers for Arkansas, but it's somewhat limited there when you look at it statistically, the breakdown. It's it's a lot of Traylon Burks, and then it's everybody else. And I guess you could say some of the same things for Alabama with what Jamison Williams has done. But you do know, in addition to Williams, John Mechie can get it done at a high level. And perhaps the tight end's been hit and miss for Alabama, but you did see some improved things, some encouraging signs from Cam Latou and uh, Jalil Billingsley last week. Maybe there'll be some carryover in that regard. But this is an Arkansas team that's going to try to run the football with K.J. Jefferson and running backs Dominique Johnson and Traylon Smith, similar to both Ole Miss and Tennessee in that they will do it at tempo, try to do it at a, a very high speed at times, uh, maybe not to the extent that both Ole Miss and Tennessee do it, but there will be some some fastball, as Nick Saban likes to refer to it, from the Arkansas offense on Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, Alabama, you know, we talk about those matchups with Ole Miss and Tennessee, did a nice job in both those games, just less than 2.5 yards per carry for both Ole Miss and Tennessee in those games in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, defensively, obviously, would like a repeat performance of that and we talk about the offensive line the security that Alabama does have is knowing that Evan Neal is on that left side so whether it's Damian George or Chris Owens or maybe even both on Saturday I think Alabama's in a pretty good spot now Arkansas is going to give you that three down front of Barry Odoms and with those edge defenders Zach Williams and Trey Williams uh, on the on the edges there uh, going to be important, I think, similar to what it was against Tennessee and also uh, Ole Miss and uh, to run the football, to be able to take advantage of those looks. And uh, that's where you can get behind Dame, uh, Damian George, perhaps, if he is the guy at right tackle. That's more along the lines of where his comfort zone is right now in the run game. Evan Neal obviously can do some good things in that regard. And I don't think this is a week in terms of the edges where pass rush should be as much of a problem for Alabama with that right tackle position in mind as it has been in some previous games. Now, look, Trey Williams, the Arkansas defensive end and a Missouri transfer, he does have six sacks this season, so that is something to consider. Uh, but I think most of what you're going to want to keep your eyes on in terms of pressure, and I do think Arkansas will bring extra guys off the edge in that 3-3-5 look uh, with the multiples that Arkansas can present from uh, that approach. You have to be aware of slot corners, uh, you know, boundary corners, corner cats, things like that. But you know, more of my focus in terms of pass protection this week is going to be between the tackles because you've had some you've had some 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 situations on the interior there with Javion Cohen out, with Darian Dahlcourt out, with Chris Owen stepping in, with perhaps a backup running back in the game that we haven't seen much of in terms of pass protection at times on Saturday. Those inside linebackers for Arkansas are guys you're gonna want to keep 
an ion with Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry and Bumper Pool. And again, not a defense that brings extra guys at a high clip with Barry Odom, but maybe something they look to do more of with the sort of shuffling that you've seen with the Alabama offensive line. And then also considering the possibility of Trey Sanders being in there and wanting to to check under his hood a little bit where pass protection is concerned. So there you go, some matchups to consider for Alabama-Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, We'll continue to preview that matchup uh, throughout the remainder of the week. Uh, We also are going to talk some Alabama men's basketball with you because the Crimson Tide coming off a five-point win over South Alabama on Tuesday night at Coleman Coliseum. You know, we told you earlier in the week, this wasn't going to be a pushover week with a couple of low to mid-majors visiting Coleman. Uh, Maybe some folks are peeking ahead to next week when Alabama will travel to Central Florida to take part in the ESPN Events Invitational with a first-round matchup and NCAA tournament rematch against Rick Pitino and Iona, the Gales, to get things going down there in Orlando. You also have Drake and Belmont on that side of Alabama's bracket with a potential championship game or maybe even a, I guess, it's possible at least where it could be a a second round or a later consolation matchup with Kansas but I think most folks are anticipating Alabama Kansas in a championship game scenario down there in Central Florida but again no pushovers this week turnovers you had some subpar three-point shooting for Alabama in the Crimson Tides win over USA earlier in the week and more so certainly than what you saw against Louisiana Tech and South Dakota State last week But Alabama gets enough from its rock. Keon Ellis and also a 10-0 run there in the middle of the second half helped put the Crimson Tide in a position of control over a team in South Alabama with some strong SEC flavor via the transfer portal. So up next, uh, you got Oakland, the Golden Grizzlies, already a winner on the road against P5 competition this season, having taken down Oklahoma State in Stillwater last Saturday. Boy, Jamal Kane can go. For Oakland. He's a Marquette transfer, a forward. He put 29 and 17 on Toledo his last time out on Wednesday night. You also have a guard in Jalen Moore for Oakland that is averaging 12.3 and seven assists per game. He turns it over a little bit, so that'll be something to consider uh, when watching Jalen Moore on Friday night. Oakland, not a proficient three point shooting club, but it isn't, but it is limiting its opponents to just 22% from beyond the arc, something Alabama will obviously put to test in this one. Oakland also out-rebounding opponents at a plus-seven margin. Really a game that you're anticipating being a contrast in pace and styles with Oakland averaging just 63 points per game and Alabama nearly 90 points per contest. And Alabama showed you if it gets ugly, they can still – gut it out and get a win like they did over South Alabama. But uh, again, a very capable opponent in Oakland who's only lost this season at 2-1 and one, came on the road at West Virginia uh, by six. They haven't allowed more than 60 points in any of the three games. So again, a team that defensively can get after it, has some star power in Jamal Kane. 
capable backcourt play with Jalen Moore, uh, decent bench play, and that'll be something to keep an eye on too for Alabama, the availability of some injured players with Jawan Gary at the top of that list with Gary having missed the South Alabama game. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Hank South's going to talk college football recruiting with us here on the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer here with a reminder to check out the newest sponsor for the Bama Online Podcast, Homefield Apparel. Go to Homefield Apparel for the very best in UA apparel. That's where you're going to find it, homefieldapparel.com. They've got the vintage gear that is so popular these days and a big Black Friday sale coming up at homefieldapparel.com. You can take advantage by getting 20% off during the duration of the sale, which runs from Friday November the 26th to Monday, November the 29th. And either way, you're going to get 15% off your initial purchase at homefieldapparel.com by inputting Bama247 at checkout. Once again, a warm welcome to the newest sponsor, the Bama Online Podcast, Homefield Apparel. As promised, we shift gears now and talk some Crimson Tide recruiting with Hank South, longtime recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. Hank, of course, does a superior job of covering all things Crimson Tide recruiting. Hank, how are you doing? I'm good, Travis. How are you? Cannot complain, my man. We've been talking some Alabama football, some Alabama men's hoops, so a lot going on this time of year, as I know you can attest to, just having really put the early signing period for men's basketball to bed, and man, what a run-up to that. Nate Oates and his staff and I guess as much as anything you wonder going into an early signing period okay they've got a couple of five stars committed you know they've got a very nice class on paper in terms of commitments but will these guys follow through with the early signing period and that didn't seem to be a problem for Alabama no, not at all. Uh, and, and yeah, that's what that's what you always wonder. You know, Bama seems like seemingly has been burned before. You know, you look back at, I mean, it was pre Nate Oates, but you know, Terrence Ferguson back in that class of 2016, he was committed and didn't sign early, and obviously went elsewhere. Um, but typically, you know, guys commit in the fall prior to the early signing period. They 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 usually follow through, um, and, and that was the case with all of Bama's commitments. And then. Um, I know uh, a guy Bama was recruiting in the summer more so. Nick Smith, the five-star point guard, he was committed to Arkansas. He actually didn't sign early, so that's maybe something we'll watch going into the later signing period. I know Nate Oates said they're going to pretty much shift their attention to to 2023, but you know, obviously keep keep an eye on uh, you know any developments in in, uh, in this year's class kind of going forward into the spring. So uh, yeah, big time, big time uh, um, for for Bama to get that that class signed number three in the nation and you know get those guys on board officially so we shift gears shift focus to more of the football angle of things and speaking of early signing periods it's crazy to think we're basically a month away from that very scenario for football but on the immediate horizon coming up this weekend (laughs) I guess not a lengthy list of official visitors but still very impressive in terms of credentials and uh, one or so of those guys already committed to Alabama, but some some non-committed prospects that certainly could help this class coming into town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it'll you know it, a few weeks ago this didn't look like a huge weekend, but um, you know five official visitors are expected currently, four to five. 
um, you know, we'll, we'll see, um, w- with one of them, but, um, two commitments and Sean Murphy and Kobe Prentice. So those guys have been locked in with Alabama, never really been any concern about, you know, where their commitments stand, but you know, they're following through and getting their official visits in. Um, and then kind of gets a little bit more interesting. You got guys like, um, Evan Stewart, the five-star wide receiver, number one receiver in the country, um, out of Frisco, Texas, he'll, he'll be in. He was actually originally expected for, um, the LSU game. He, he moved that one back, um, and is now coming in for the Arkansas game. Um, so, you know, does Bama make a push for him late down the stretch? You know, a lot of the talk with the wide receiver position has been more, you know, um, Kendrick law or or Shaz Preston, but obviously a talent like Evan Stewart, that's a guy we're going to keep a close eye on, um, here as we get closer to the early signing period. And then a guy, everyone very familiar with, um, Curtis Perry, the four star defensive lineman from, uh, from the Montgomery, Alabama, he'll be back on campus. Obviously, you know, he's been a, a regular visitor to Alabama throughout his recruitment, but this will this will be his uh, his official visit, and he has a decision date now set for early signing day on that December fifteenth date. Um, he'll be at the Iron Bowl next weekend for his official visit to Auburn. So, Bama will have a, a chance to you know make an impression on him two times in a row, uh, two weekends in a row at least on the field. You know, obviously can't talk to him next weekend in, in person, but uh, he'll see Bama play. And then kind of an intriguing um, official visitor that we haven't really talked too much about, but Greg Biggins has written about him in recent weeks. Ernest Green, a four-star interior offensive lineman from uh, Bellflower, California at St. John Bosco, obviously one of the powerhouse teams out there. Um, he's There's a chance he might not make it. He's 50-50, what Greg Biggins told me. Uh, apparently, he if he does come, he can't get back until Monday. Um, and he, he can't miss practice on Monday. So, um, you know, we'll see if, if he ends up, um, making it out this weekend, but, uh, it's interesting to me in that, you know, it seems like Bama is pushing to add more offensive linemen to this class. You know, we thought maybe they were done after adding Elijah Pritchett, um, earlier this fall. And and since then they've, they've hosted at least three or four, um, big time offensive linemen on official visits. So it looks like they're still working on that, that position group as well. We'll see if Ernest green makes it, but overall, you know, a solid weekend, um, you know, could be a momentum builder for Alabama for the next few weeks. You talk about Evan Stewart, an elite wide receiver prospect expected to visit Alabama officially a top three national prospect overall, according to the 24-7 composite rankings, the number one wide receiver prospect in the country. Also, I guess from the transfer portal perspective, it won't hurt Alabama moving forward with what we've seen from Jamison <laughs> Williams yeah. this season if it comes down to it. I think the obvious preference for Nick Saban and his staff is to continue with more of an organic approach of going the high school route and developing not only the the entire player, but the person as well. But um, not that Alabama needs many more uh, uh, assistance in, in selling on the recruiting trail, but even from the transfer portal perspective, uh, man, Alabama can, can go that route, I guess, if it, if it needed to, um, yeah. not that we're anticipating that. No, definitely. I mean, it's crazy to think because you look back at last early signing period and, you know, uh, Bama had that that stellar three wide receiver class, you know, with with Leary, Ajay Hall and um, and Ja'Cory Brooks. And then they flipped Jojo Earl and, and it was like, wow, you know, that that's an alt. We were comparing that class to, to the 2017 group. And, you know, obviously we've, we've seen Jojo Earl um, have some success on the field before his injury. Unfortunately, um, you know, we've seen Leary come out. We've seen Brooks 
um, do a little bit. We're still, you know, kind of waiting on a Jai Hall. It's been a little bit of a discussion topic on, on uh, the roundtable this fall. No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think, you know, you add Jamison Williams late, and everyone's like, well, wow, he's coming to Alabama, and then you look fast forward six months, and it's like, where would this offense be without Jamison Williams? So it, it's kind of wild to think, and you know, and, and that's definitely, you know. Uh, a fallback plan for all schools now you know if you, if you don't get your top targets um out of the high school level you know that you're going to have an opportunity um to do that in the portal afterwards so yeah definitely an interesting factor and, and evan stewart you know he is a he's a talented kid a guy bam has been targeting you know since uh they offered him i think last halloween like in, in 2020 um he came for a visit in the summer on an unofficial stayed for a few days uh, he's coming back for an official. He was committed to Texas at one point. He's kind of had a crazy recruitment. I know Texas A&M is pushing for him. You know, Florida was thought to maybe be the leader. They, you know, that's you probably can write that off now with everything going on in, in Gainesville. Um, so yeah, maybe this turns into Texas Alabama down the stretch, or maybe Texas A&M Alabama. We'll see. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting visit this weekend. Hey, you mentioned the injury to JoJo Earl. That was unfortunate last Saturday in the win over New Mexico State. Also. An injury in that game to Roydell Williams, the second-year running back. And now, with Jason McClellan suffering a knee injury in October, Roydell Williams with a surgically repaired knee coming out of November. Do those injuries, you think, impact Alabama over the remainder of what's left of this 2022 cycle in terms of how it views the position as a position of need. Obviously, Emmanuel Henderson checks the box. Uh, but you told me in the wake of the injury to Roydell Williams that I guess he's not an early enrollee candidate. So just talk about uh, the running back position maybe now with a couple of key injuries taking place. Yeah, and, and that'll be interesting. You bring that up now. Emmanuel Henderson, you know, he he wants to play his senior season of basketball with his team. So that that was the whole reason he was gonna stay. I, you know, maybe did they talk him into enrolling early? Right now it's not the plan, but you know, after that injury or the, the couple injuries at the running back position, you know, does that change or you know, we'll see. But it it was trending towards Bama pushing to add another back in this class pre uh pre Roydell Williams injury, pre Jason McClellan injury. And I think this just further enforces that 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 need of the position. And you know, Bama's, you know, in play for some top guys. You know, we saw actually Le'Veon Moss, the one time Bama commit, he uh committed to Texas A and M this week. That wasn't a huge shock. That was kind of where it was trending ever since he reopened his recruitment back in the summer. Um, but one name that I think is kind of heating up and, and I think Bama might have a, you know, a very real shot to get this done is Jamarian Miller. Who's currently committed to Texas. He's out of Tyler, Texas, which has obviously produced guys like Earl Campbell in the past. Um, he's flirting with Alabama big time. He was on an official visit for the Tennessee game. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we've seen Texas on a five game skid. Um, so, you know, does that give him second thoughts? He's been a guy that has really liked Alabama. He's, he's built a pretty solid relationship with them. Um, he visited in the summer as well before coming on his official visit back for the Tennessee game. But I could see him being a guy that, that flips late and, and joins Alabama's class. Um, and one we're tracking closely, um, Kendrick law, who we've talked about at the receiver position, he's actually rated as an athlete. He could play running back need be. Um, and, and then, you know, you look at maybe a guy like Javante Barnes, who's been an official visitor this fall out of Las Vegas. And then, you know, do they circle back on some other guys? You know, we, we've seen, um, you know, the Penn state commit Nicholas Singleton that took an official visit in the summer. You know, does James Franklin take another job? Would that open up Nicholas Singleton? You know, we saw Branson Robinson who's committed to Georgia. He had a top two of Bama and Georgia. So, you know, it's, it's, 
turning into flip season, you know, do, do guys reconsider? Do, does Bama push late for some other guys? But I think that Jamarian Miller, the Texas commit, is one to really watch closely if you're looking at that running back position. And then, you know, maybe uh, that is a position Bama looks for in the portal, you know, this offseason, a guy looking to uh, to maybe a Jamison Williams type type uh, to transfer that they try to get in um, this offseason to kind of further that depth. Because, yeah, it's crazy to think. Uh, you know, you look back at signing day last last February that the running back room entering this season, you know, signing Kamar Wheaton um, and, and having all those guys coming back. And then you, we're, we're here in, in November with uh, with converted linebackers and, and wide receivers playing the running back position to add depth. So um, I, I think it's an important position that the staff's trying to, to fill as we get closer to the signing period. Never can sign enough quality backs. Repeat it with me. Say it with me now. <laughs> Hey, you talked about flip watch at the running back position, but I guess Damani Jackson, the five-star corner who recently decommitted from Southern California, he's got to be at the top of the overall list for this Alabama 2022 recruiting effort. Yeah, absolutely. And and Bama got, you know, he didn't flip last weekend, but got step one in, in getting it done. He decommitted from USC um, last Sunday evening. I believe Greg Biggins reported it on 24 seven sports um, and, and Bama's trending up big time. You know, we, we've had nuggets on, on BOL the last few weeks. You know, it, it's, it's uh, if today were decision day, uh, you know, I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't Alabama. Um, but you know, you got four more weeks, three, three, four more weeks. Um, I believe he's going back to Michigan on an unofficial visit. So that'll be something we're watching. But even, um, even in an interview recently with Greg Biggins, Damani Jackson said it was basically down to, to Alabama and USC. And so uh, one thing, you know, Tim Watts has talked about this too on, on the, on the round table over at BOL. Um, he, he takes uh, Damani Jackson. He, he takes this as a, as a very business-like approach, which, and when you hear that, that's always kind of, that favors Alabama. You know, he, he's looking at this as a, as a, uh, you know, his roadmap is, you know, get to the NFL three, four years. And, and, you know, they obviously can sell that um, with the Crimson Tide pretty easily with, with guys they've had in the past. And so, um, you know, he was on campus for that LSU game for his official visit. He took a multi-day unofficial visit in the summer. So he's pretty familiar with the program. You got guys like Jeremiah Alexander, Emmanuel Henderson, all those guys are in his ear pushing for him. Obviously you got that Bryce Young factor. Um, the, the young family is very close to the Jackson family. So, you know, that, you know, that helps, um, overall. So, you know, I, I put in a pick for Bama, um, on the crystal ball last weekend. And, you know, I, I still like where that stands today. Yeah, heavy modern-day influence in Tuscaloosa these days with Bryce Young. Tommy Brown got a start at left guard for the Crimson Tide last week. Yeah, SoCal heavy in west-central Alabama. So we are basically a month away from the early signing period for football. And with these open-ended sort of situations that we've outlined with you so far in the segment, how much of this 2022 class do you expect to be in place for Alabama? Ink dried is what I'm saying for mm-hmm. a lot of these guys before the turn of the new year. I, you know, I think I think for the most part the 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 entire class is going to sign early. Um, I haven't encountered anybody currently committed. You know, you got guys like Robert Woodyard. You know, the, the, Auburn seems confident. He's been to Auburn several times. You know, he's not saying much, so that kind of leaves the window open of a little, you know, there, there may be some misdirection, but he's got Auburn influence in his ear. He could flip to Auburn. That wouldn't be a shock. You know, you got guys like Walter Bob. He's been a guy from day one. We said, you know, he might go the junior college route. Um, so any, anybody that doesn't sign with Alabama early, and I'm not saying not everybody's going to, but anybody that doesn't, I think it would be more in Alabama 
uh, indecision rather than, you know, guys, you know, continuing to look around, you know, we might see what Robert Woodyard flipped Auburn. I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. Um, so that's, that's one guy we're watching, but beyond him, you know, everyone else is planning to sign early. You know, I, I think in terms of numbers, you know, I, I think 90% of this class will probably be wrapped, wrapped up for, for that early signing period. You know, I, I think, in this day and age with the transfer portal era, I think you have to leave some spots open um, mm-hmm. just to, you know, whether it be late high school evals, you know, we've seen guys Bama push for guys in the past come January that we're not even talking about right now, or just, you know, who's going to come available in the portal. I think you, you just overall have to do that for your roster. You have to keep those open and recruit the portal as well. Um, so I, I think there'll, there'll certainly be some spots open there. And I know, I believe this cycle that there's more they can sign um, this cycle in particular, just because they raised that signee cap right. um, to replace roster losses. So, you know, I, I don't think there's there's not going to be like a huge, um, you know, crunch where, you know, they, they have to kind of make room. I think they have a lot of flexibility in the 2022 class with, with who they can go after. Alabama, one of those few programs where it can go through the entire recruiting cycle for a year, even go through spring practice and self-evaluate. And then make a determination on the transfer portal, <laughs> even going into mid-April and into May, like we saw with Jamison Williams. It's not a bad place to live nope. if you're a program like Alabama. Well, as always, Hank, we appreciate the time, my man. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. You too. Thanks, Travis. That's going to do it for a Thursday edition of the Bama Online Podcast. Thanks once again to Hank South. Also, thanks to Homefield Apparel joining the podcast as our newest sponsor, Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us here on the pod. And if you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? Leave us a rating and a review while you're there, if you don't mind. That would help us out tremendously, and we would greatly appreciate that. Hang with us at BamaOnline.com. Complete recruiting coverage. Site publisher Tim Watts. You just heard from Hank South. Does a tremendous job as well. And we'll have Arkansas, Alabama on Saturday covered. For you from wall to wall, certainly men's hoops as well on Friday night with Oakland in town to take on Nate Oates' Crimson Tide. So much to do with us there at BamaOnline.com. The roundtable, of course, a great opportunity for you to interact with Crimson Tide fans globally. You'll want to do that as well. Until next time, so long, everybody.